uh, Tom and Kathy are away uh, celebrating that with with Annie, uh, and uh, Pastor Darden will be uh, will be preaching for us uh, in just a few minutes. Um, so, f- again, for announcements, uh, in honor of Mother's Day, uh, you may have noticed as you walk in, there are some treats available, and there's also a place where you can get photographs if you want to do that. So thanks t- to those that provided that, and again, uh, happy Mother's Day. Um, let me see. A couple of other items. So there's a uh, uh, tomorrow night on Monday evenings, there is a women's group. Uh, uh, it's a time for women to come together and uh, fellowship with one another and also have Bible study. And the time is changing. It starts at 630 uh, now. So is there anything else I need to mention about that? Okay, so 630 tomorrow night right here at church. Uh, the Tuesday night Zoom Bible study is continuing on Zoom, and you can see the information there uh, in your bulletins. We've got two more weeks, and if you haven't been involved in it, that's okay. You can join in. It's really um, easy to just jump in if, that, if you'd like to, to do that. Uh, and uh, one other announcement I want to highlight is on, on May 21st, so that is two weeks. No, that's next week. That's next week, week from today, Sunday afternoon. Uh, there will be a a service um, for Pastor Darden, and it is part of uh, an installation. Sur- it's, a, it's an installation service, but it's part of the process that we have in our church's denomination in a, as part of our presbytery to officially uh, install him in his teaching elder role as part of Hope Church. And so that is open to everyone. It's at 4 p.m., so it's in the afternoon on Sunday so you can come and be a part of it. So part of that also is some of the other teaching elders or pastors or elders from other churches within our presbytery come to be a part of that uh, installation. So it's a, it's a opportunity, one, just to see Darden as he is installed, but also to meet some other folks that are part of our presbytery. And I think that is all that I have. Um, any other announcements that need to be made that I missed? Okay. Pastor Darn, I think it's all, all right. Thanks, Mark. It's all you. Could I get the important people to come forward, please? So just you and I? Jason, come up here and join him. I mean, it's just it's really it's really hard to be here. You have to sit here and talk talk to me by by yourself, but yeah, yeah. You, you, the, 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 your face tells the whole story. You're like Yeah. All right. Forgive me, people on Zoom. I'm going to sit because there's two of us, and it seems more reasonable that he and I should talk as opposed to you and I. So anyway, all right, tell me what today is, and you all can chime in. Oh, I'm not going to get up from this spot. <laughs> I'm old, so when I sit on the ground, I have to stay here for a long time. It stinks. Yeah. Uh, what's today? You know what special day today is? Mother's Day, that's right. Today is Mother's Day. You know why we celebrate Mother's Day? To thank our mothers. What are we, th- you're good. See, I don't, I'm not going to have to say much. Uh, wh- what are we thanking our mothers for? Okay, we thank them by giving them their favorite candy. Do you, why do we thank them? What do we thank them? Do they do nice things for us? Yeah, my mom used to make my breakfast and make my lunch for school. She did all sorts. She made my bed. I was kind of spoiled. Now I think about it. You know, my mom did a lot of stuff for me that I probably she probably should have made me do on my own. But 
We thank mothers because they do so much for us. And you know, in a way, there's, God's a little bit like a mother. The Bible talks about God as a father, right? But, but there's parts that are like mother, right? Particularly the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a lot like a mother. I mean, there's so many things that the Holy Spirit does for us that our moms do for us. Not that our dads don't do them, but the Holy Spirit does it in a way that, that seems really motherly in a way, I guess. Uh, let's talk about it. Let's say um, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit communicates God's love to us, right? right? The Holy Spirit guides us in our faith. The Holy Spirit gives us hope, brings us joy, gives us strength, encourages us, builds us up, makes us strong, right? The Holy Spirit is a lot like our moms. And so it's kind of fitting that today we're talking about the Holy Spirit on Mother's Day, right? Because it reminds us of our moms. So what I'm going to do for you so you don't have to sit here in this painfully awkward situation for too long. And I'm going to pray for us. And then you can go. All right. All right. Fist bump. All right. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. We thank you for uh, children. We thank you for mothers. We thank you for um, families. And we just pray your blessing upon each one of us as we celebrate this day and celebrate moms and uh, celebrate uh, the fact that you have called us to be your people and called us to be yourself a part of your family. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, man. You may go. Thanks. Ooh. I'm up. Woo. You know, when you're, when you're that age, you don't think you're going to have trouble getting up off the floor. And then you turn 50, and then 51, and 52, and each year it gets harder and harder and harder. Ah, okay. So uh, we're, still in this, we're still in the crystallized sermon series. Uh, crystallized, we're talking about uh, specific biblical themes and how they apply to our lives. Uh, today, specifically, what are we going to talk about? The Holy Spirit. I, I should say, Happy Mother's Day, by the way. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And it is fitting that we're talking about the Holy Spirit on Mother's Day because there are many aspects of the Holy Spirit that, that, ref, that are reflected in our moms. Um, there, are, there are many aspects of what moms do that, that reflect the love and the care and the kindness of the Holy Spirit. And not in that cheesy sort of way. Not... Forgive me if you own one of these plaques, but not in that cheesy plaque sort of way that said, you know, God gave us mothers because he couldn't be in all places at all times. Theologically, that's just really unsound. And we could go into that all day long, and I'll talk about that with you later. But, but uh, it, not that way. It's not, it's not that. It's not because God couldn't care for us. It's because God wanted to care for us through moms. It was a special way, just like dads. Having that relationship with, with two people that you know they're there, that is important. That is important. The Holy Spirit is a lot like that. Jesus spoke a lot about the Holy Spirit with the disciples on the night he was betrayed in the upper room, right? They were, having, they were celebrating the Passover together, and he said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Another helper. All total, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as helper four times. Just in those two chapters, in John, in John 14 through 16, three chapters, John 14 through 16, uh, the word also means an advocate, a comforter, a counselor, an inter intercessor, a strengthener, a supporter, and so on. And all of those things allude to what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. We also read in other places that the Holy Spirit does other things. He teaches us. He shows us God's love. He guides us in faith. He imparts wisdom. 
uh, encourages us, brings us joy, intercedes for us, and so on. And, and, and the, list, uh, the list of what the Holy Spirit does in our lives is, is way too long just to put on one page. There are many, many things that the Spirit does for us, but the Spirit nurtures us in the same way that, that mothers do, or mothers should at least. Now, many of you know my mom passed away this past December, and, uh, you know, when a, when, a, when a parent passes away and, and uh, they've collected stuff, she was 88 years old, so she's collected stuff for <laughs> 88 years, and fortunately, um, a couple years ago, she agreed to sell her house, the house that she had been in, that I, that I was born into, uh, and we had an opportunity to clean it out because my parents had a bit of a hoarding tendency. Uh, they weren't, they weren't, it wasn't awful. It just was they had they kept a lot of stuff. They had a lot of collections. They liked to hang on to things, you know, keepsakes and and antiques and all sorts of stuff. I have glass in my house, hand blown glass from from different glass factories in West Virginia, uh, that that we purchased in '75 and '76. My parents purchased in '75 and '76, and they had not seen the light of day until I put them out in my house down here a month ago. So that's kind of what my parents did. So we had this opportunity to clean out their house. But uh, my, my, my mother was living with my sister, and my sister agreed to let my mom keep, you know, you, you can keep whatever stuff we can fit in these tubs. And she had like 60 large tubs of stuff. And so after my mom died, we had to go through all that stuff. And I still have like four tubs of my mom's stuff because there were things that I didn't know she had, things that I didn't, I mean, things that don't even really apply to me. Um, the diary she wrote when she was in high school and she first started dating my dad. Yes, I kept that. Because, as strange as it sounds, and maybe you don't want to read that, I don't know, I've read part of it. There were parts that I was like, oh, they were so gooey. <laughs> you know. Uh, but but uh, it's, it's part of my story. It's part of who I am. How they came together is part of who I am. And so, so that's important to me. And I want to hang on to that. And I'm maybe want to know part of it. <laughs> maybe I don't want to know part of it. But, we'll, you know, th th that's, that's another discussion for another time. Here's the thing. I was shocked to find one specific thing, very, very shocked to find one specific thing, and that is my baby book. Now, you, you might be thinking, well, why would you be shocked to find your baby book? Well, I was the youngest of four. And my own personal experience as a parent tells me that as each child goes on, you're less and less likely to record stuff. My daughter is nodding her head. My youngest is nodding her head. Uh, you're, you're less and less likely to keep the stuff and record the things that they did. Like Josh, my oldest, 26 years old, we did a reasonably, reasonably good job of keeping his baby book up to date and all that kind of stuff in it, right? Jonas, who is 22, my middle child, uh, we did an okay job. Hope, who is 19, it was more like, <laughs> it was okay. We've got those things in there, and I'm sure we'll find other things along the way. But we didn't do as good of a job because, you know, as, the, as each kid goes by, you're like, oh, I don't want to do that right now. I'll do it later. I'll write down their first steps later. I'll write down their first words later. And then later it turns into three days and five days, and all of a sudden you've forgotten what they were, and you don't write them down. So I was shocked to find out how well mine was filled out. My mom recorded things like when I rolled over the first time, when I crawled the first time, when I stood, when I took steps, spoke words, and so on. All the usual things you would record in a baby book. She noted things that she had taught me along the way, things that I would say, 
just, you know, goofy things that I would say as a young child. She noted prayers that she said for me and prayers that I prayed in return. It showed that she had encouraged me and guided me and nurtured me very much like the Holy Spirit does, right? Of course, not all mothers are nurturing. Not all mothers are even good. And if that's true for you, I'm very, very sorry for that. It's not how it's supposed to be. But I hope it's an encouragement to you to know that God's Spirit is still doing those things for you, even if your mother isn't. God's Spirit is still nurturing you and building you up and encouraging you and strengthening you and guiding you and protecting you, even if your mother isn't. And even if your mother was not like the Holy Spirit in the way she should have been, there is one way that all mothers are like the Holy Spirit. Uh, In Romans 8, 9 through 11, Paul wrote these words. He said, You, however, are not of the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit, of li- the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. So see, just as our mothers gave us life through physical birth, the Spirit gives us life through a spiritual birth. The Spirit gives us life through a spiritual birth. It's a a new life where where the hearts of those who were once hostile toward God are now inclined to God. They love God. They they want to be with God. They, 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 They know their need for God. They see a desire or have a desire for Him. It's a second birth whereby the one who were one time enemies with God are now called His children. So we're his children. The Bible calls this regeneration, right? The renewal or or the recreation of our spirit so that we are inclined to God. We, We are now part of his family. We're different than we were before. Titus 3, 5, Paul wrote these words. He said, he saved us not because of the works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit has washed away our sin and given us a new life, not because of anything we've done, but simply because of the mercy of Christ Jesus. This is this regeneration. This is what the Spirit does for us. He gives us a new life. If you're here today, it's because the Spirit led you to be here today. You may say, well, I chose to be here today. Great. Knock yourself out. That's fine. But the Spirit still led you, whether you know it or not. The Holy Spirit gives us new life. And because the Spirit gives us new life, we are, uh, we can be, or or we are free in Christ. We're free in Christ. We're not slaves to sin anymore. We're free in Christ. Romans 8, 1 and 2. Remember, Tom talked about this last week. He said, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who are saved by grace through faith in him will not be convicted of their sins. Why? Why? Why won't they be convicted? Verse 2, because the law of the spirit of life, the law of the spirit of life has set you free from, in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So those with faith in Christ Jesus are no longer guilty. 
Do you sin? Yes, you sin. I sin. We all sin. All sin and fall short of God's glory. But God does not call you guilty anymore because of what Christ has done for you and his spirit dwelling in you. Because the Spirit applies Christ's righteousness to us, we are free from the requirements of the law and the consequences of our failure to obey the law. What are the consequences? Consequences of sin, death. But we're free from that. We're free from that. Therefore, Paul says, while those who are in the flesh are those who are without Christ, are controlled by their selfishness and sin, those who are in Christ have been set free. You, me, we have been set free. We are free from the corruption of sin and free from the condemnation of sin. And this means we are free to be faithful to Christ. We're free to be faithful. We can do that. Romans 6, 17 through 19. Thanks be to God that you who were once slaves to sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as, you were once, well, just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. We've been saved and freed from our slavery to sin. And so we are free to be faithful to Christ. And what exactly does that mean in our lives? How do we, how do we live that out on a day-to-day basis? Well, it means that we're free to obey God. We're, we're free to reflect his character. We're free to imitate the way Christ lived when he was here on earth. Free to reject things like malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and strife. And we're free, free to practice the fruit of the Spirit. Who's heard of the fruit of the Spirit? Not fruit of the loom, different thing although probably related in some way. Fruit of the Spirit. We're free to practice this fruit of the Spirit. We're free to love our enemies. We're free to do good to those who hate us. We're free to experience joy amid all sorts of trials in life. We're free to make peace with our foes. We're free to be patient in tribulation. We're free to be gentle with those who oppose us. We're free to be self-controlled in all things. We're free to do these things. We don't have to sin even though sometimes we choose to sin. We're free because the Spirit has set us free, not to earn God's acceptance, but because we already have God's acceptance. Now, I'm not suggesting it's going to be easy. I'm not suggesting that it's a snap, right? You've got the Spirit, so it'll be easy, because life gets easier when you become a Christian, right? No, no, it doesn't get easier. We may still be discouraged when we face challenges. We may lose our tempers with stupid drivers on 1604. (laughs) Speaking to myself, not pointing at anybody younger. May respond harshly to our children when they disobey or, or challenge us or do whatever. But it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit isn't in us or that we're lost somehow. Just because we fail doesn't mean that, wait a second, Maybe I'm not a Christian. No, 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 that's not what it means. It just means that the Spirit's not done. The Spirit is still working in you and through you. We are not finished products yet, right? Um, it's, like, it's like 
It's like going and looking, it's like looking at a house that you're building, right? <laughs> and it not being done yet. You can see what it's going to be, and you know what it's going to be, but it's not finished, so you can't live in it yet. We're still living in the shell, right? We're still living in who we are, but we're not finished. There's work that's still being done each and every day, constantly, even when we're not aware of it. The Holy Spirit is applying Christ's righteousness to us, and, and because of that, th we have nothing to fear, right? Instead, every sin, every sin that we commit is a new opportunity to experience God's grace. I'm not suggesting you should go out and sin so you can experience more of God's grace. That's not it. But when you do sin, understand that this is an opportunity to experience more of God's grace. Every failure is a chance to grow in your faith. You see, this is what the Spirit frees us for. The Spirit gives us new life and makes us free so that we can be fearless through Christ. So that we can be fearless through Christ. Romans 8, 9, uh, 10 and 11 says, The same Spirit who gave Jesus victory over death lives in us and thus will give us victory over death as well. Just as we are free to be faithful because of the Spirit's work in our lives, we're free to be fearless because of, the, because of the Spirit's work in our lives. Because the Spirit who raised Jesus will raise us. Death is no longer a threat. The punishment of sin is gone for those who trust in Jesus Christ. As Jesus says, whoever believes in me, though they die, yet they shall live. Think about it. Who, who remembers the song in Christ Alone? I know we sing it here on a regular basis, right? It, a lot of people remember that song. There's a, there's a stanza. There's a little part of one of the stanzas in that song. Uh, just two lines. It says, And as he stands in victory, so meaning as Christ is standing there risen over his people, as he stands in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me. The curse of sin is gone. You're free. You are not bound by the failures that you have or the, or the sins that you commit. You are simply not because you are free in your Savior, Jesus Christ, who died so that that could happen and gave you his spirit as a guarantee. The curse, the curse of sin, which is death, no longer has power over you because the spirit frees us from the law of sin and death. We should be fearless, my friend. As a child, I was afraid of thunderstorms. Big, you know, I grew up, grew up in the Midwest in, in the 70s, so uh, it seems like storms are, were bigger then. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just that I've gotten bigger and the storms seem smaller now. But, but, but back then, like, they terrified me. Waking up in the middle of the night to the loud crashes of thunder and the flashing lights coming through your window it, it terrified me and every time it happened I would run to my parents room and I would tap my mother on the shoulder who had gotten so used to it that she didn't even open her eyes I'm not even sure she woke up at, at, at the latter point she would just raise her arm up to lift the blankets up and I would crawl in and she would put her back arm back down over me and that was it and you know what happened when I did that I fell right back to sleep and never woke up again it didn't matter how loud the storm was it didn't matter how bright the lightning was I was I, I felt safe and so I rested securely in her arms I realize there's a big difference between the fears that children have and the fears that adults have uh, kids are often afraid of the things that they don't know right uh, the dark 
thunder and lightning, things like that. Adults, on the other hand, are often afraid of the things that they do know. You know, uh, but when we see things like thunder and lightning or darkness or whatever, we're, we're not afraid of those things because we know that there's no real danger there. There's, no, there's nothing dangerous about a dark room. There's nothing particularly dangerous about a thunderstorm unless you're playing golf, and that's probably not a bad, a good idea. Um, but, but we are afraid of things as adults. We're, we're, we're afraid of things that, that we know are real dangers in the world, deadly diseases, evil people, and, <coughs> and so on. Those are the things that we worry about. And yet in our fear, uh, not only does Jesus say we shouldn't be afraid of such things, but, but Paul reiterates that at the end of this chapter that we've been talking about, Romans 8. And he says, Neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. You're free. You're free to fail you're free to succeed. You're free to try things, try new things. You're free to, to go out and venture out and, and, and be the person that Christ is calling you to be because the Spirit dwells in you to set you free. We're free to be fearless. We're free to be faithful. And we are free to be the people of God. Will you pray with me, please? Lord God, we... we uh, we do talk a lot about freedom in this country, and we are thankful for the freedoms that we have, the freedoms that we have to worship you uh, without fear of persecution, the freedoms that we have to, uh, to speak and to, and, and to think and to, and to be the people you've created us to be, Lord. And yet, we don't often think about the freedom that you give us through your spirit. We overlook that in, in times of trouble. We forget that, that indeed we, we, we can be faithful, we can be free, we can be fearless. And so, Lord, we, we pray that um, as we continue to ponder these words, we continue to worship you, Lord, that, that you would remind our hearts of that every moment of every hour, that you would remind us of the fact that, that we have nothing to fear. As Winston Churchill said, nothing to fear but fear itself. Lord, we pray that we would be a people who are bold and willing to speak about who you are, that we would be a people who are strong in our faith and trusting in you in all that we do. That we would be a people who live free and help others to see the freedom that they can have through Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. We pray all these things in his holy name. Amen.